Welcome to the Sales Leadership Awakening Podcast. I'm Stephen Rosen, and my co-host, Colleen Stanley, is right here with me. And together, we're going to be tackling the age-old issue of bridging the gap between knowing and doing in the area of sales leadership. And today's discussion, uh, we're going to talk about the paradox of strategy being sexy and execution sucky. We examine why many companies do a great job building marketing plans, building strategies, yet so many of them fail to execute their strategies and certainly don't do it with excellence. And I'm going to hand it over to Colleen and see well, what her thoughts are on this age-old paradox. Stephen, I think we could uh, put this in the bucket of the uncomfortable truth, right? Because I know when I put together plans, whether it was a business plan, uh, a marketing plan is exciting, it's stimulating, it's creative. You've got all of that. And then when it comes time to doing that actual work, some of that goes away. And I know you've worked with a lot of teams in this very concept. So I'm going to throw the ball back to you and ask you maybe three common themes you've seen with lack of execution and maybe even an example. Thank you. I am very passionate about execution. My days when I was in industry, I never thought I was the most sharp person at strategy but I was darn good at executing what we were doing. And I, I think the first thing, because execution is more challenging, and what is execution? And I found the great definition, an execution is the discipline of doing the most important things really well. So to mm -hmm. me, it's a question of focus, right? And if you look, and you described it beautifully, but strategy formulation, the whole idea of strategy is it's fun to do, we can think creatively. So hence, it's sexy. Where on the other hand, I'm sure, Colleen, you've heard this, that sales is about the details. And nobody wants to think about the details because they're arduous, they're complex. So I have worked with organizations and I'm going to share sort of my formula. Not now, but I've run through a process just several months ago. I guess we're into the fourth month. And what I've seen when you actually sit down and build an execution plan is that your sales team is much more focused on what they need to do because you're pulling out what is critical for success. And that, I was going to have you back up because you said something really important. What's most important? Because I know for salespeople who can be very creative, you've got that shiny object syndrome that might go on. So I'm curious, and maybe you're getting there, as to how do we figure out what's most important? Okay, so I've got to give away some of the secret sauce here. My approach to doing it is bringing the sales management team together and brainstorming. We, we write down ideas and put them up on the whiteboard and then pull ideas together. And then from that, so we have several themes. And from that, we identify and categorize what are the most important ones. And I believe you've come up with 10 things that are important. If you're coming up with three, that is a manageable number. So an example of what we did, I did one company, they came up with it. I just facilitated the process. And number one, I believe was messaging. We are a pharmaceutical company and they really wanted to be clear. They had a new product that they were launching and they really wanted to be clear on messaging. Another component was planning, that the reps do an effective job planning for each call, planning their days, planning their months so they can be more effective. And the third one I believe was selling skills. Mm. And working on some really, so to me, that could fit any organization. But the fact is what they did is they got everyone on board to execute 
on those factors. So when their managers were out there, that's what they were looking for. Nothing else. And boy, I think you just brought up a point here because all the overachievers that both you and I work with look at a list of 25 or 10. And this number three seems to be the magic number. I believe it's important for sales leaders and salespeople to realize that you're not shooting too low by just going after three things. And maybe it's three things for that quarter or for the entire year. So I think it's a really important point that you bring up. It also brings up to me that when you're doing the whiteboard sessions, as uh, sales leaders and whoever else is in the room, you have to really be open to other opinions and thinking styles. Because I know that I'm more big picture, I'm at the 50,000 foot level, and then you get annoyed with people that actually do the detail, right? Or they might be what I perceive as a contrarian, and they're not being contrarian. They simply have a different way of looking at it. So I believe with that a brainstorming session, you have to have high self-awareness that you're not getting emotionally triggered and shutting down other people. And I don't know if you've seen that or not, but that strikes me as really being important when you get people together. That has a lot to do with psychology. And I know you bring a, a lot of thoughts to that process and the psychology, emotional awareness. So talk to me when they're in those type of sessions about the concept of instant gratification. How does that play into a preference for strategy versus execution? What do you see when you work with teams? For example, if you just take what I said, the high Ds just want to get it done now, the high driver. And it doesn't mean that they don't achieve results, but you have to be very aware of when you're driving just to get some answer in the plan versus the right plan there. A joke I often make with my clients is that you have to really make sure you don't turn into that character from Sesame Street, the cookie monster, me want it now, me want it now. And the fact is when you're putting together a plan, having all these uh, different ideas coming in, but then really putting in the work to actually poke holes in that. And I think that takes high self-regard because I've seen companies where they literally keep throwing bad money after bad money because they've already invested so much money that we've got to make this idea work. And so you'd also have to bring in the EQ skill of reality testing. And as good as the idea sounds, its time has passed. That worked two years ago. It worked two months ago. And so having that ability to let go of an idea and then put together a new plan. So that's called reality testing. That's hard to do, isn't it? Well, people get very, they get vested in their idea or it's their program. And even if it's not working, there's that whole thing about letting go and maybe it, maybe it didn't work where there tends to be a lot of ownership there and people don't want people to think, okay, it's just, it, he just reminds the old adage. They say, if everything works well, it's a great marketing plan. If the program fails, it's poor sales execution. What we used to joke about that, but there, there is a lot of truth to it. Well, you know, it was interesting when we'd be putting together some of our plans when I was in corporate, it was interesting when I look back on it, we did a lot by lines of business. We would put those goals on product or service lines and some of them were very strategic, right? And so some of them were literally, we saw a gap in the market where the competitor was failing. And we knew it wasn't going to take long for them to come back in, right? So we would set a goal around that line of business. And then I have to tell you, Stephen, there were some that was purely tactical because we did have some products that fell in that commodity bucket. However, if our competitor got into our organizations and replaced us with that commodity bucket, then they got to be able to be open to building relationships to sell the value. 
So this was not an easy plan to put together because we'd have to choose, okay, which lines of business are we going to focus on this year? Is it a strategic initiative or is it purely tactical? And we generally had both. And then we did link it to an incentive trip, which was amazing for getting the plan executed. It, it wasn't something we could get overnight. It took meeting after meeting and a lot of discussion and respecting of the different styles. So let's go back to what is that bridge between this execution and doing it well? So are there any tips there, again, by what you've seen? Because you play in this world a lot. I love this world. And on some people, as I said, are great on strategies. One, when I was in industry, the one thing that I learned is most companies have very well-defined, structured marketing processes. Some of them take two months where the brand managers build their plans. They present them internally. Then they present them to the, the senior leadership team. And then the, the team from global comes in and then you present as well. On the marketing side, there's very well-defined structure, process, and approvals to reach what you're trying to accomplish. On the execution side, I don't think we ever presented a plan on how we're going to make these strategies tick. Like you talk about some products being tactical, some being strategic. Where does that fit in the rep's time? How do they make those decisions? Mm -hmm. and, and what I have found in the last many years that I've worked with companies is that they, again, invest months on building their marketing plans. Uh, but invested very little time and I have very poorly defined execution processes. So execution becomes very ad hoc rather than proactive and disciplined because execution is the discipline of getting the most important things done really well. And to me, that's where the gap is. Take your strategic plan and make it actionable, but there's a gap there. And the gap to me is a execution plan. You actually map out the details of how you want to execute. And some of it is refined thinking. It's not like doing 200 things. I'm talking about doing three things extremely well. Give an example, maybe just of one. You've got the three things of a company you work with where they defined this is one of our three that are most important. Yes. Where you were able to flip them from ad hoc, I think shiny object probably, or no execution plan, to getting that done. So I was giving the example earlier of, of a company, we, we rolled out a plan uh, mid-year and I said, it's not a good time to do it mid-year, do it beginning of the year, but it really doesn't matter because so what they felt was one of their critical success factors. And we had a lot of discussion around this was for the reps to be very effective at planning their days, each of their calls and do pre-call planning. So we worked through that and basically the sales manager's role was to make sure that was happening. What we really got into, what does a good call look like? Do we set pre-call objectives? Making that part of what they do. Does that answer the question? Well, no, because I think what it is, it actually helps the managers. Because if I know this is what I'm going to be measured on, this is what our conversations are around. And we all know we're human beings. We need to hear it over and over again. So I've seen a lot of one and done training and coaching. Okay, we got to do better pre-call planning. Right. The reps are all about that, but either we don't give them the resources on what, and you said something really important, what good looks like. And if we've never seen what good looks like or at our company defines it, well, to a salesperson, to the best of his or her ability, they think they're doing good when they don't even know that actually it's below average. So you've said a couple of things there that are really important, that focus, what's good look like. 
Yeah, that's a great example. Thanks. So thank you. Not that it was a long time ago, but it was several months ago. And part of what we did is define what was critical. And then we identified what steps they needed to take. Mm-hmm. And you, you basically triggered the fact that they had to do more training on pre-call planning, more training on messaging. So part of the execution plan was not just how we go to market, but that we need to plan a session on how we're going to get better. Mm-hmm. We can share what good looks like. So that got built into the plan. So there are other factors that, hey, if you're trying to do X, what can we do to get there? So training may be a component, different tools or collateral materials may be part of it. So it's not just how we go and sell, it's actually preparing our reps to execute with excellence. Right. I remember working with a team a while back and it was that what statement, but not the how. It's okay, we need to do better pre-call planning. And I just asked, okay, let's use a really easy example. Go to the website and research. And I said, and exactly what are they supposed to be researching? And everyone in the room looked at me because here's what happens. We go to the website and we just get all of these rabbit trails. Now that's great. But, and so I said, name five things that you want them to be smarter about after they've gone to the website. Name five things that they should be able to pose a question around when they're conducting the sales call. So I found that just by getting really specific on some things with the pre-call planning, then we help our, our sales team get better. Fantastic example. So the question then becomes is, okay, we, we got to get our, our sales team motivated. And an execution isn't easy because we all tend to follow the path of least resistance. So what advice do you have on how to get a sales team motivated to persist through changing the way they go and execute? Your key word is this. You actually used a couple of them. Change. Because my belief at this point, especially where we're at with the rapid pace of change, uh, the Reinvention Academy has research that shows that 20% of the companies are going to have to reinvent every year. That's a lot of change. So if you take a look at the word change, we're human beings. We don't like change. So part of a plan, it can be just what we've talked about, strategic. We gave them the resources. but psychologically. You've got to work your team through something called the J-curve. And what the J-curve is, if you can think about a J and coach to it, what makes you believe that? When have you worked through the J-curve before so that they know that they have worked through the J-curve? So change management is a huge part of executing because when you leave what you know, and even if you know in the back of your head, this is where I need to leave this because the world's changing, but you can't quite see the future. And so we don't like uncertainty there. We don't like ambiguity. And if you can point that out, it's something you call normalizing uncertainty. It's called normalizing the difficulty of change. And when we've taught this uh, change model, I've seen sales reps almost breathe a sigh of relief because they're like, oh, this is normal. It's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to take a little longer than we thought. So I, I would say change management is sales management, and that's going to make the difference. You know what? Very interesting enough, I'm working with a group of sales managers, and we added a few components. We added coaching this year. We added better performance management. And I do group learning sessions with them once a month. And I asked them, once we've gone over implementation of the things that we've changed, I said, what, what other subjects would you like me to cover? And one of them said, leading change. Yeah. Because that's the challenge that by putting new processes in place, getting out there and coaching with the reps, having the reps define what they want to be coached on, 
they were experiencing some leadership challenges in terms of managing that change. It's so relevant in almost everything we do. And some of the fixes are not that difficult, but we have to think about that every time we're putting something new in place, that there's naturally going to be resistance and we have to listen to that resistance and right. the why. And, and sometimes, Stephen, this is just where education, which is what you and I love about our business, can make a difference. So we taught this model in a sales training workshop, and we had a young man, a Charles, and by the IQ standard, this is a sharp young man. He's got an engineering degree from Stanford. However, he took a business development role, and he's calling on the likes of Boeing. Uh, yeah. So we get a call into our office, and he asked for Gail, who had been his coach. And Gail's thinking he must have landed his first deal because he was doing a lot of cold calling. And she said, Charles, what's up? And Charles goes, I'm so excited. Yes, I'm at the bottom of the J curve. And we laughed for weeks. But it was a great lesson for us as teachers because that is literally what he called in about because you know what he's calling in? It was about hope. It was about self-awareness. I'm almost to the point where I'm going to master these new skills. I'm going to master this new position this role and responsibility. So education around change can make a, a sales manager's job a lot easier. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was a fun story. So action steps. I know you're all about action steps. So for our sales leaders listening today, what are one or two things that they can start bridging that excitement and execution gap? Okay, so let's get excited about execution. Let's make execution sexy, or at least let's, Help me get a process. So what I find is companies are not doing it. I, I don't know how many articles I've read that say 90% of companies fail to execute. 87% of companies fail to execute. CEOs find the biggest challenge they have is executing. So my advice is build a execution framework. I have one that I share and I'm going to share it with as an actionable thing because interestingly enough, it's broken down into three steps. Mm -hmm. One is you need to identify your critical success factors. What are the things that you do really well? I call that the what, and you talked about that. I thought, oh, she's, she actually, Colleen, you're exactly on it. It's the what. So what do we need to do to be successful? And really narrowing that down to three executable items. And second step of the framework is determining how you're gonna get there, the hows. If you think the what's are difficult, they're not. It's the hows that are very difficult. I gave the example of improving planning or pre-call planning. One of the steps was training. The second step was we're going to coach each of our calls. We're going to coach on how well we did. We'll do some pre-call planning outside and then basically go through it as part of the coaching process and we debrief the call. One, determine what you want to do, identify your three critical success factors. Two, sales leaders out in the field supporting that. Mm-hmm. So I call that leading execution. So you don't just build an execution plan, you lead it. And the third part in your plan, so you do the what, the how, and then how are you going to measure that you're on track? And that's always a difficult one. I was actually working with someone earlier today and, and we follow that format of these are, they actually went with four critical success factors. I like the four. So uh, I said, okay, we can go with four. But, but the bottom line is the how and how are you going to measure it? I'm a very simplistic thinker and I try to boil it down. It's some very simple things. For example, we're working through a business planning process and one of the critical success factors was to drive business on their top 15 accounts. And I think it was adding one new product entry. 
So expanding okay. their, their footprint in. And I said, okay, let's use that as the metric. You have 15 accounts. How many were you successful at getting a new product entry? It's a simple measurement. But if you got on 15, you've done a great job. And then the one part that gets forgotten uh, and is so critical in sales management is having periodic reviews, make sure your plan is on track. So you figure out, I know I'm repeating myself, you figure out the what, you figure out the how, you're supporting it in the field. So you're reminding everybody what's important because it's easy to forget. And then what you're doing is you're doing quarterly reviews on how you do against your metrics. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is a simple yet effective framework. Most companies, I bet you, I, I know from experience, do not do any of that. So if you guys want to uh, execute with excellence, this is a simple framework to help you get much better at it. And I know you must have at least one, if not many, actionable items to share with our audience. I want to comment on what you said with your actionable, because this is a very tactical, it's not even about the plan but um, debriefing a sales call, right? And so when you're saying tangible is we've developed a lot of checklists for companies because they actually think they're executing a really good sales call. But, and this is getting a little prescriptive, but yeah, co-created by the company that if this question didn't get asked, then you missed an answer, which could possibly have led to a better solution or another question but it's very tangible. So I think it's really important for everyone listening today that you keep revisiting the metrics. You keep revisiting it because that's the piece I see that we might have the quarterly reviews, but this quarterly review, I've seen and observed where we're reviewing this set of metrics. And then the next quarter, reviewing this set of metrics. Oh my God. Right? And so the metrics. Yeah. you. And so that, I think it's just important there, but I would say really when it comes time to execution, the meta skill, just with emotional intelligence in general and in life, is self-awareness. So be aware of when we're resisting putting in the time to put together a good plan. Be aware of when you're in the brainstorming sessions. I love that. And you're dismissing someone else's idea because they're analytical or they're, they just have a different thinking style. So I think self-awareness is really important on understanding why I'm not putting a plan together and then why I'm not executing it after that. The second one is in the psychology world and in the emotional intelligence world, we call it reframing. So you're right. Execution can be arduous. It may be not that easy, maybe not that sexy. So reframe it to say, what's good about that? Because here's what I found with anything that's hard in life. If you reframe it to embrace and to say, this is great, it's hard. Most people won't do the hard stuff. So the fact is execution's hard. Yay, because that's going to be our competitive advantage. This team, I love this it. sales leader does the hard stuff. So that would be my advice. Okay. I think that's great advice. Uh, I love the reframing and the, everybody talks a good show on execution, but I think it's a very difficult thing to do just in terms of our wiring. There's, as I said, lots of details in sales. And if you don't think the details out and it's ad hoc, you're not going to have a competitive advantage. And I love how you put that. I could go on and talk about this uh, and I'm very passionate about it. And I can see, so are you, uh, I would like to wrap up. Uh, I think it's been great. I've, I've loved the, this discussion. And if you guys uh, have loved this discussion, then make sure that you subscribe to the sales leadership awakening podcast. We're open to ideas and I hope you've really found the discussion of execution valuable. 
and make sure that you're going to listen to us, pick up other ones. There's some great other episodes coming. So hit the subscribe button, write a review. We'd love to hear what you think and share this podcast with other sales leaders because we all benefit from learning and sharing. And remember, your journey to sales leadership excellence is just one listen a week, one podcast away. So thank you and look forward to seeing you on our next episode.